thank you for tuning in to live streaming. As you know, Pastor, and I've been asked to uh, preach this sermon tonight, and uh, I've entitled the sermon, Saul and David, A Study in Contrasts. And if you'd like to turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 13, we'll read a, a few verses out of chapter 13 of 1 Samuel. To give a bit of a background to this, Saul had just been chosen by God and anointed to be king of Israel. And he is about to fail his first big test. He was asked by Samuel the prophet to wait seven days for him to come down to Gilgal and offer sacrifices before battle with the Philistines. So Saul almost made it, but he forced himself to offer the sacrifice, which is not lawful for him because he wasn't a priest. And as soon as he had sacrificed, lo and behold, Samuel came. And reading from verse 11 in 1 Samuel chapter 13, we read, And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. Therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself therefore and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now the Lord, now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. So if you bow your heads with me in prayer, we'll just commit this sermon to the Lord and pray that everybody gets edified and strengthened through it. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would bless me and anoint me to preach the word tonight. Help me, Lord, to make it clear what I'm saying, that the people be strengthened and edified. Help me, Lord, to preach and teach the truth in love. And help me, Lord, to be a blessing to the people in Jesus' name. So we see here, this is a turning point in the life of Saul and also a turning point in the life of David. We see here the beginning of the rejection of Saul by the Lord and the beginning of the elevation of David to the kingship to replace Saul. Both were, were chosen by God, but Israel's first king failed to obey God in this matter. He failed to wait until the appointed time. And so God was forced to seek a man after his own heart, who was David. David was different to Saul. Saul was a man of faith and obedience. He inspired others to do the same. He led by example and he diligently sought the Lord and the Lord's will for his life. We just have to read the Psalms to see how diligently David sought the Lord and poured out his heart to the Lord. So as I have said, both men were chosen by God. But Saul really 
was a man after the heart of the people. God says through Samuel, in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13, Now therefore behold the king whom ye have chosen and whom ye have desired, and behold, the Lord hath set a king over you. Why did Israel desire Saul? Because he looked the part. He was taller than any other man in all of Israel. It says that in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 23 and 24. Saul was hiding. He didn't want to be made king. And they ran and fetched him from among the baggage. And the word of God says, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upward. And Samuel said to all the people, see ye him whom the Lord hath chosen, that there is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted and said, God save the king. So Saul looked apart. He was taller. And Saul seems to have been a mature man when he was appointed to be king. Some say he was in his 30s, whereas David at that time was but a youth. He was but a teenager. He was probably no older than 15 when Samuel sought him out and anointed him to be king over Israel because the Lord had rejected Saul. Indeed, when David came into uh, Saul's court and after he had slain Goliath, Saul called him a youth and a stripling. So at that time, David was probably no older than 18 or 19. He was but a youth. So to illustrate this, we see in the New Testament that some in the Corinthian church looked down upon the Apostle Paul, for they said among themselves in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 10, I'll read it out. For his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Paul goes on to caution us not to look on things on the outward appearance. They should have recognised that he had the authority to do what he did and to say what he said. He was appointed by the Lord to be an apostle. And Paul also later says to Timothy, let no man despise thy youth in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. So we see from here, what is important is not our age or physical appearance, but whether you have been called by God and appointed to the ministry or, or role. So David definitely was called and appointed by God through Samuel to be king over Israel. My next point is to go into more detail about Saul's second failure and God's complete rejection of him. He failed to obey the Lord, firstly, in not waiting for Samuel to come down and offer sacrifices at Gilgal. But God left him as king. And his second failure is that he disobeyed the word of the Lord to destroy Amalek. He spared their king and the best of their livestock. We read that in 1 Samuel chapter 15. 
he realized, he recognized that it might be acceptable to the Lord to offer sacrifices of the best of the livestock rather than kill everything. And he probably thought he'd spare Agag, the king, probably realized that he'd get a huge ransom for his life. He didn't go to the trouble of uh, destroying Amalek. But he heard these dreadful words from, from Samuel in first chapter, first Samuel chapter 15, verses 22 and 23. I think a lot of us would be familiar with these verses. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. But Saul thought he could hold on to the kingship. He wanted the blessing of, of the kingship and everything that it entailed. And he still wanted Samuel to honour him. In the subsequent verses, he pleaded with Samuel to honour him before all the people. Saul showed that he was rebellious and stubborn. Samuel called him that in verse 23 of chapter 15 of 1 Samuel. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. This ultimately led Saul to seek counsel of a witch. One of his last acts on the night before he died, he sought counsel of a witch because the Lord would not answer him when he sought him. It says this in 1 Chronicles chapter 10. The judgment of God upon upon Saul. I'll see if I can find it. First Chronicles chapter 10. Thirteen to fourteen. So Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not, and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it, and inquired not of the Lord. Therefore he slew him, and turned the kingdom unto David the son of Jesse. It did say in First Samuel chapter twenty-eight verse six that Saul did inquire of the Lord. But there are two different words used in 1 Samuel chapter 28 and 1 Chronicles chapter 10. It says that Saul inquired of the Lord, but the Hebrew word suggests only that he asked in fear without repentance or true faith. What God wanted was to inquire earnestly, to seek him earnestly. And this is exactly what David did. David always sought the Lord earnestly. So moving on to David, my next point is that uh, David was appointed to be king over Israel in place of Saul. 
We read in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. The Bible also says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 28, that David was a better man than Saul. David had a good testimony, even as a youth, even before he was called into Saul's court. He was called to Saul's attention because David was a good harpist. He was called in to relieve Saul of the evil spirit that God had sent against him. And one in Saul's court testified of David. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 18, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse that is cunning in playing, that is playing the harp, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, David, and the Lord is with him. What a wonderful testimony that David had in the court of Saul, even as a teenager. And the Lord indeed was with David. By faith, David had slain the lion and the bear and went on to slay Goliath, all by faith in God. So David became a leader, a commander in the army of Saul. And eventually Saul persecuted David and tried to kill him. But David trusted in God and he had to flee from Saul. And twice by faith, David spared Saul's life when a, mess, when a lesser man would have had taken the opportunity to kill him. He left it to God to deal with Saul. And we read in 1 Kings chapter 15 that David had a wonderful testimony before God. In 1 Kings chapter 15 verse 5, David had this testimony because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. So David wasn't perfect, and none of us are perfect as well, but David had a heart for the Lord. He was a man of, after God's own heart, and he had true repentance of his sins. He didn't try to cover it up like Saul did. When rebuked by Nathan the prophet, he repented and turned to the Lord. David sought the mind and will of God in every crisis and before every battle. And a good example of this is the crisis that he had at Ziklag in 1 Samuel chapter 30. He was living in the land of the Philistines. He was on the run from Saul and his own people in Israel. And... He was living in Ziklag and he was 
off willing to fight against Israel with the Philistines, against Saul and his army. And while he was away, the Amalekites came and took all the women and children and all their stuff and departed. And it says in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 6 to 8, that David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. His own men wanted to stone him. It seemed like everybody was against him. Saul and all Israel, the Philistines were against him. And his own men spoke of stoning him. Instead of giving up, it says in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So in conclusion, I'd just like to repeat that both men were chosen by God to rule over Israel, both Saul and David. But Saul was ultimately rejected by God because of his transgressions. He disobeyed the word of the Lord. He was rebellious and disobedient and ultimately sought counsel of a witch. We also read that he killed all the priests he could find in the city of Nob because he thought they had helped David. But David proved to be a good leader and king because he was faithful, obedient, waited on God and sought after God and was willing to confess and repent of his sins, something that Saul never did. So we too should be like David, to have faith and confidence in God and to wait on him to save us from our enemies. We don't know how long David was on the run from Saul. It was obviously many years. Saul reigned over Israel for 40 years. We don't know how long it was that Saul reigned before David was anointed to be king. We don't know how long David waited to be king. It could be up to 10 years that David was on the run, fearing for his life at the hands of Saul or the Philistines. But he was willing to wait for the right time for God to elevate him to be king. David was 30 years old when he became king. So he waited between the times when he was in his late teenage years to when he turned 30 and he was seven and a half years king over Judah while the house of Saul reigned over the rest of Israel and then he was 33 years king over all Israel and Judah. So he waited for the right time. He didn't take matters into his own hands. 
He had faith. He trusted in God. He didn't get bitter. He didn't get anxious and worried. He trusted in the Lord. And so too, we should wait on God for him to save us from our enemies. We don't take matters into our own hands. Saul is like a carnal Christian. He never grew spiritually in the Lord and suffered great loss. He is like a carnal Christian who at the judgment seat of Christ has all his works burnt up. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, First Corinthians chapter 3, we read that uh, from verse 10 that we, when we become Christians, we have a foundation of Christ laid in our lives and it's up to us to build upon that foundation. It says in verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Verse 14, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burnt, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet as by fire. I believe Saul was a saved man. He was saved just like any Christian, is saved by God's grace through faith. But Saul didn't make the most of his opportunities. He squandered all his opportunities. He was rebellious and disobedient. So why didn't God remove Saul immediately and raise up David immediately? I believe God used Saul to mould David into Israel's greatest king. He was like David's thorn in the flesh, just as the Apostle Paul had his own thorn in the flesh. Paul realised that through his thorn in the flesh, it made him strong. God's grace made him strong through God's enabling grace. So too, Saul made David great. David learned how to fight. David learned how to live by faith. It says in one of the Psalms that through the Lord, he became strong. He had strength to bend a bow of steel. He could leap over a wall. He could run through a troop of soldiers, all by faith in the Lord. And David's mighty men did great exploits by faith in the Lord. So if we have an enemy like Saul, we should, like David, seek after God and allow God to save us and deliver us and ultimately vindicate us. We should wait for God's timing. We should wait for God's way to do things. In a lot of ways, David was one of the greatest characters in the Old Testament. So much is written about David, probably more than any other character in the Old Testament. And it's for this reason that 
Christ came from the line of, of Judah through David. And Jesus is the greatest son of David. And David was the greatest king of Israel. And I believe it was because of Saul that Saul strengthened him. And through his trials and tribulations, David waxed greater and greater and Saul waxed weaker and weaker and ultimately God dealt with Saul and David was elevated to be king. And David came to the kingship at a time of great trouble and distress for Israel and Israel was delivered from the hand of all their enemies and Saul's and David's son Solomon had peace and rest all because of his father's work in defending Israel from their enemies and bringing them peace. So let us not be rebellious and disobedient like Saul was, but let us have faith and confidence in God to deliver us at the right time, at the appointed time. And uh, now I'd just like to pray in conclusion to this message. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for this message. I pray that you take what I've said and minister to the people that would feed them and nourish them and strengthen them. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us to be like David, to have strong faith, to be willing to wait for your appointed time in all things and to endure trials and tribulations and ultimately have the victory. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.